This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Jeff of the Garden, Frank Proctor. Hello and good morning. Welcome along to a kind of a dismal-looking start to the day here, Charlie. Ah, but it's not so cold. Well, oh, oh, God, yeah, that's the most important thing. Right. I haven't got the official temp, uh, but it's... It's about minus five here in okay. Toronto, I think. And I think going to plus one I know. today. No, no, huh? it's like zero today. But I think tomorrow it's above zero, maybe one, and then by Monday or Tuesday it's like three degrees. And then Wednesday is eight degrees. Can you believe that? <laughs> no. Some of this snow is going to Something's going to ruin it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome to the Garden Show, my friends. Here we are broadcasting live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Mm -hmm. And we welcome you all to the show. And, of course, we want your calls. So let me get the phone numbers done and done, okay? Good. Uh, In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free. We pay the shot. 1-866-740-740. Four seven forty, and I'm looking over to my left because that's where Charlie is. Yes, and I see a whole raft of info. That Lots got. going on. Oh. Spring is in the air. Yes. Spring is in the air. Look, oh, here's look. Oh, my yeah. favorite website right now: the Spring 2015 this Days dot two slash Spring slash 2015. Anyway, it's a countdown with great f- photography. And so, give the folks the exact countdown. Thir- okay, till spring, thirteen days, nine hours, thirty-seven minutes, and forty-six seconds. Bingo. And counting. And, <laughs> and counting. counting. Down and to counting. 42 seconds. All right. All right. Lots going on. As I mentioned, spring is in the air. All kinds of groups are getting back together, meetings, activities, events. Today, the London Middlesex Master Gardeners present their eighth annual CD Saturday. Mm. Uh, today from 10 until 3 o'clock at the Carling Heights Optimist Community Center, 5 Sorry, 656 Elizabeth Street in London. Admission is $5. Great event. Gather catalogs, buy, swap seeds, uh, lots of uh, unique varieties and uh, exhibitors have things for sale. So great spot to go on a gloomy day, but getting you into the spring, the mood for spring. The Agent Court Garden Club is hosting their monthly meeting on March the 9th. Speaker is Joanne Blanchard on the subject of bulbs, rhizomes, and tubers. There will be a free seed exchange. So bring seeds and get involved in a seed exchange right here in Agent Court. Members who want to bring seeds to share are encouraged to do so. The club is geared for novice, regular, and expert gardeners. No white glove snooty people here. <laughs> that, that's that, what, that's what they that. wrote. That. <laughs> no that. white glove snooty people here. Nope, nope. It's I guess we should have that as one of our mantras for the show. That's true. No white glove snooty people here. Okay, I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> okay, good. You got that? Uh, all right. So the club is geared for all kinds of... Wonderful, exciting people, and they're, they're a very social group. They meet at the Knox United Christian Education Center, 2575 Midland Avenue at Shepherd. Tuesday, March the 10th, 
7.30 p.m., the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is hosting their 90th anniversary celebration. Whoa. Woo is right. Congratulations. 90 years for Ooh. the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society. The celebration will include cake and refreshments, 1920s costumes. Oh, that'll be fun. Free lecture on lilies and lily beetle and much more. Guests are welcome. They meet at the Scarborough Village Community Center, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. And in Burlington, the Hort Society's general meeting is happening on Wednesday, March the 11th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Burlington Senior Center is where they meet. And sorry, I was just I did say the time, right? Scarborough Garden was 7.30, Burlington, same thing, 7.30 on March the 11th. Burlington Senior Center is where they meet, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The speaker, photographer Laura Mills, speaking about photography in the garden, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Refreshments, social time, and again, all are welcome. Uh, and then just one more is the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society. They're meeting a week tomorrow, so March 15th, they, from 1 o'clock in the afternoon till 4 o'clock in the afternoon at Toronto Botanical Gardens. Three hours, action-packed fun. Oh, these huh? guys, yeah. when they get to get, oh yeah, these, these people are <laughs> pretty intense. The Ontario hardcore. Rock Garden and Hardy Plant. <laughs> they're not white-gloved and snooty, but they're, they are hardcore. <laughs> um, they recommend you bring a friend and a cup. For their three-hour meeting, because they bring your own cup, right, for tea or coffee. Oh, very good. The main presentation will be on Bulbs of the Eastern Mediterranean by Oren Perry. Oren will present images of his travels throughout the Mediterranean in search of bulbs in their natural habitat. Bet they'll be gorgeous. I bet they are. Yeah. So there you oh, go. All right. And there's all right. more, but that's all I'm going to oh, give yeah. you for That's now. all we've got time for yep. right now. Uh, before we go to some recorded messages, yes, let's dear. you and I talk a little bit about one of our favorite subjects, and that would be Sierra Sill. Mm-hmm. I talk usually about the uh, analgesic spray, mm-hmm. a topical spray that it's all about seven natural oils which are known pain reducers. Mm-hmm. And it's all mixed. And then there's a little bit of Sierra Sil included, of course, in this little spray. And, oh, what difference it makes if you've got sore muscles, yeah. like in your back. I'm like, I spray this, and, oh, it's gorgeous. And because of the camphor, yeah. which is included there, you smell like you've just fallen out of a pine tree. It's I think gorgeous. that's so funny. Just <laughs> the idea of fall, like, I'm in pain, so I'll spray some stuff on, which is going to make me feel better. But then I'm going to feel like I fell out of a pine tree. <laughs> However. Um, I should say I smelled, but I don't like saying I smell like I fell out of a pine tree. No. No. But no, you feel like you're, yeah, yeah. It's just a yeah. good. It's a good feeling. And now you. And uh, however, to get up that pine tree in order to fall out of it, you <laughs> got to get up it. Uh, to be in sh- good shape, uh, pain-free, joints are working smooth, oiled, greased, so to speak, and and just you know some of the aches and pains that we all experience as we get older, whether it's our knees or our hands. Sierra Sil pills magically somehow like for most people WD forty for gets, humans. Yeah, it gets rid of any of that <laughs> yeah. creakiness. So it's a it's an interesting product. It's completely natural, mineral supplement from the Sierra Mountains. Uh, doesn't work for everybody, so there is a guaranteed money back. You'll know within fourteen days if you take this three little pills daily, you'll know whether it can work for you. More information, SierraSil.ca or give them a call. One eight seven seven joint fourteen. S I E R R A S I L Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor along for the ride here, uh, ready to welcome our callers on air. Let's say hi to Dorothy in Toronto. Hi, Dorothy. How's things going now? Hi. 
Uh, good morning. Morning. Um, I'm talking about my Christmas cactus. Uh huh. The flowers yep. are dying now. Mm hmm. And I don't know what to do with the plant for the rest of the year, or at least until next Christmas. All right. So, good question. And um, what you, what you do with a Christmas cactus when it's finished flowering is, of course, the flowers will shrivel up and fall off. But it is a, a nice plant. It needs to be kept in a sunny location right on the window ledge, the brightest window ledge you've got. It likes a cool spot, so being close to a window is lovely. Bright sun is important. Water, eh. Every two weeks, every three weeks, let it really dry out between waterings. Um, but, uh, and turn the plant. About every week, turn it 180 degrees, just so that it'll grow in a balanced fashion. The plant will grow bigger, and it'll be that much of a fatter, juicier plant to produce that many more flowers next, next winter. All right. There, there you, go. you go. Hey, yes. Dorothy, thank you very much for joining us. That's wonderful. And, uh, hey, we have a first-time caller on the line right now. Wait a minute. This, I've got to get the bell out here. That's for Barbara in Burlington. Good morning, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And we enjoy, my mother and I watch your show, or listen to your show every Saturday morning. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to take phone calls here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I have been given a persimmon seed. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if it's fair to even start it because I'm not sure, will it grow in this climate? I mean... Not outside it won't. Not outside? No. But would it, would, do you think it would produce fruit, or is it like a holly that needs to have a mate? Um, actually, that's a good question. You know what? First off, your biggest challenge would be germinating the seed and growing it up as a plant. Then it has to get old enough to be mature enough to flower. And, and for sure, I could look up because I don't know off the top of my head whether persimmon requires cross-pollination or it can pollinate itself. But I will tell you that even just the, the growing of the seed is a bit of a challenge. Um, okay. it's, uh, I did just a quick – I've never grown persimmon myself, but I did just do a quick peek here on the web – uh, to a, a website that came up. Oh, where did it go? Yeah, okay, so, is this something a black thumb can do? Well, do you have to have a green thumb for this one. <laughs> I have a feel. I mean, it's it, it's quite a deal. To, to quite a few hoops have to be jumped through in order for this to work. When you say you're given a persimmon a seed, somebody my brother eats them all the time, uh, and this came from a grocery store, and they had never seen a a seed in it before, so they weren't even sure what it was. <laughs> they were so shocked. What is that? Should we be eating this? And, and so he said, it's a seed. I'll give it to my sister. Oh, great. Well, there you go. So, so, that's, so you've got the seed. So here's what you've got to do first. You're going to have to get a little plastic bag and some fresh potting soil. You're okay. going to moisten the potting soil. You're going to put the seed into the potting soil, and you're going to put the, seal up the bag, and the plastic bag, and you're going to put it in the fridge for two months. Two months. Yep. Okay. So, but you could put it longer. Wait, you could even wait until, you know, sort of July or August before you okay. take it out of the fridge. Then you'll take it out of the fridge. You'll pull the seed out of the soil. You'll soak the seed in a little bowl of water for two days. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know why? Wow. It's got a really, really hard seed coat. So what you're doing is you are ripening the, the seed to the point where it can actually bust through that seed coat. So uh, you're giving it a okay. cooling period, which is called vernalization. Then you are giving it that water to soften the seed coat. And then you're going to plant the seed into a little pot about an inch deep, again, with fresh potting soil. And oh hope it grows. Barbara, do you have a computer at home? 
Yes. Okay, that's good. Because then you can bring up AM740, the main web page, yeah. and go to the podcasts, and you can go back to this show in oh, four or five days, I guess. Yeah, it takes, I think, it up and running. Wednesday. And yes, so, thank God, because I... <laughs> I'm thinking, how am I going to remember all yeah. that? Yeah, we well, can go back <laughs> and listen to it all. Fast. Yeah, and write it down and everything, okay? Okay, well, Absolutely. thank you. Okay, you're very welcome. Well, I'll, I'll check in later on and see, let you know how it sprouted. Yeah, definitely. Keep let us touch. know. I'm very interested. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lovely to have you on the show for the first time. Yeah. Don't be a stranger, okay? All right. All thank you very much. Door is always open. Absolutely. And you are listening to The Garden Show from AM740, okay. Zoomer Radio. Now, we but have look, to take a little bit of okay, a Okay, but I just want to tell yes. you something interesting. Okay. okay Farmer's Almanac, there's yeah. a little um, little bit of a blurb in there, yeah. predicting weather using a persimmon seed. Really? Yeah. Cut open a persimmon seed. Okay, so that's the first thing is you've got to cut open the seed. Now, now, mind you, you know, if you've only got one, you're not going to want to do this. So you look at the shape of the kernel inside. If the kernel is spoon-shaped, there'll be lots of heavy, wet snow. <laughs> that's funny. Spoon equals shovel. If it's fork-shaped, you can expect powdery light snow and mild weather and mild winter and weather. If the kernel is knife-shaped, expect to be cut by icy, cutting winds. Oh, my well, gosh. I don't believe this. Yeah, look. Look at the picture. There's oh, a persimmon oh, yes. seed cut. Okay, yeah. You know. Looks like a shovel. Yeah. I guess that's the spoon yeah. idea. But, yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to grow it once you've cut it open. Well, isn't that different? But I guess they all look different, or they can look different. Okay. Predicting weather using a persimmon seed. There right? you go. Yep. There you go. Okay, we do have to Never. take us 922 and a half uh, here at AM 740 Zoomer Radio, the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Shall return in just moments after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Yes, indeed. No, we've got special treats for folks this morning, haven't we, Charlie? Oh, mm-hmm. we do. Yes. <laughs> Just keep tuned because uh, entertainment is abounding on the show today. As usual. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Betty uh, in Hamilton, come on the air and say hi to Charlie. <laughs> oh, hi, Charlie. Good morning, Betty. I took your advice and, and grew the, the tulips, you know, the tulip bulbs. Yes. And they, they bloomed and everything was beautiful. But now, what do I do with the bulbs now? Well, what do you want to do with the bulbs? Well, can I grow them again in the garden? You can. You uh, they're can. not dead. No. Well, right now, of course, the flowers are done, I would think. Yeah. But, but the, you have green leaves. Yeah. And you will continue to support those green leaves. Leave the plant in a sunny location. Same Make, places as, as it is now. Yep. If it's in the sun, keep it sunny. Uh, water as required. Treat it as a houseplant. Uh, it'll take about six or eight weeks, but slowly but surely the leaves will start to turn yellow. And, of course, you'll give less and less water through that process because you can. You want to be careful to not overwater. The, pl- right. the The bulbs eventually will go dormant right before your very eyes in I that see. pot. So, and so what do I do? I, where, where do I store them afterwards? Well, just leave them where they are? Just leave them in the pot. Let them, the whole thing die down, turn yellow, and then your only challenge is where to plant them. So you'll plant them outside. You can plant them in the summer or in the fall, whichever works better for you, in a spot where it's going to be well-drained and where they will also be in the sun when they grow and flower for you next spring. So oh, wonderful. Well, I, I really did uh, love these tulips. They're my favorite flower, and I 
did everything what you said. Excellent. I so, didn't know what to do next. Excellent. Well, you get them, get, like I said, keep them alive. You want to fatten those bulbs up, and then you're going to get them outside, and they'll continue to grow for you and flower outside for many years to come. Oh, wonderful. And listen, could um, your co-host there, could he give that uh, computer address again? Uh, oh, that I sure. On the program? Absolutely. Just go on the computer and Google AM740. That's yeah. all you have to do, M740, really. AM740, yeah. and it'll bring up the main page, and you click on, you know, it'll, it'll say AM740 radio, and you uh, click on that, and it'll bring up your the main page. You can go all over the place. It's got all sorts of interesting stuff, besides the podcast there. Okay. 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 Thank you ever so much. Thanks, Betty. Come on back and join us again sometime soon. Okay, okay? so the actual website, just to be make it easier, is oh, yeah, it's triple okay. W, obviously, and then it's Zoomer Radio. Two yeah. words, Zoomer Radio with no space between. So Zoomer Radio, that means there's two R's side by side, ZoomerRadio.ca. Once you're at ZoomerRadio.ca, there, click on that. It's, it'll have shows and listen live and podcasts, podcasts yep. and hosts and stories and blogs and all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. You, you know, we've got another first-time caller online. We do. And from Burlington. Uh-huh. Uh, we have another Burlington call here. In fact, those, these, this will be the second time a first-time caller from Yvonne. <laughs> Yvonne. Y- Yvonne. Yvonne. Yes. There Thanks you go. Thank you my call. Thank you so much. Our Thank pleasure. you. Uh, hi, Frank and Charlie. Welcome. Nice to have you on the show. your show while I'm washing dishes. <laughs> Great. I have a question about a um, cast iron plant. Just a minute. Cast iron plant. We we looked it up. Oh, and did you? G- did you know Gracie Fields once sang about well, the I cast didn't iron know plant? This. All right, are you ready, uh, Justin? Justin in a room. Let's have Gracie come on and sing about the, the real name of cast iron plant is oh, really? Aspidespora. We have to get it watered by the local fire brigade. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's got the biggest aspidestra in the world. Yes, indeed. Oh, thank you, yeah. <laughs> All right, yes. Anyways, I'm really good with houseplants. They hit the ceiling and I have to, you know, cut the back. Oh, good, yeah. And I finally found a cast iron plant, and I've been looking for years, and two of them died. And oh, I have a third one. Impossible. It's one of the easiest plants I know. to raise. I know, how could you kill it? And I had a customer, and he'd won for 100 years. Wow. The whole family had it. Yeah, yeah. He kept it behind a door. That's exactly. Well, I wonder if you've perhaps killed it from with too much love. Well, perhaps. But one was variegated, which is quite unusual. Yeah, that is. But they were in a, a north uh, west window on okay. the floor, and then a north. I want to put this one in northeast bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I know they don't like water and a lot of light. So what is the best? Because I don't want ignore to it. it. Just put it wherever you want. Like, it, like they, the great thing about aspidistra, it's called cast iron plant because yes. it is so hard to kill. Yeah, um, and it was from the Victorian ages. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah, and it was because yeah. it grows just what anywhere. You can put it in a low light. You can put it in high light. I, I, but like I said, the most common way to kill that plant would be with with too much love or too much water, basically. Yeah, it says here. Just Charlie just uh, googled it and it says tolerant of neglect <laughs> how about that but it, yeah. Um, yeah so I'm too kind to my plants I'm, yeah, that's it. I'm wondering like literally that's so often what what does happen is or the other thing it could have gotten infested like there could have been a you know no, an insect no, there no? Were no bugs on no, it. I, I know okay. about bugs right. so just um, um yeah 
it is one of those things that regular house um, temperatures is happy with, uh, mm-hmm. and it typically does not have infestations with diseases or any kind of insects. Yeah, not with those kind of leaves. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and sh- should I wait till the pot is like them before I water it? Absolutely, wait till it's it's very dry, so dry to the touch. Yeah, okay. that's what I would do. So and this one's in an eight pot plant now. I don't want to transplant it right now because it's new in the house. Mm-hmm. I'll wait for a little while. That's uh, right. And it would prefer to be a little bit pot-bound. So make sure you don't rush any kind of repotting on that. Leave it until you see some roots coming out of the drainage holes. And, of course, ensure that it does have good drainage. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so um, you think an east window? East would be great, yeah, yeah. Could it be by a fireplace, like 10 feet away from a window? Is it a gas fireplace or a regular fireplace? Uh, it's a fireplace we don't use. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. Yep, yep. Yeah, so we really good. don't like light. <laughs> no, it's, it, it will take light. It, you could put it in the window or have it out of the window. It's, it's going to respond to whatever conditions you provide. But the main thing is, is just be careful about the, the overwatering. Overwatering. <laughs> okay, well, thank right. you so much. I looked for years to find a cast iron plant. I know. They, they are not very commonly sold, which is that's too bad thing. because yeah. they are such an easy well, I'm, plant Well, I'm looking at the picture that's here, and they look gorgeous. They're yeah. a big, hardy-looking plant. plant. Yeah, and this guy had one for 100 years and his whole family. Wow, And, that's and I've seen it at Holland Park in Burlington. I want to give them a plug, but that's where they have a bunch of them. So. Okay, good. There you go. So Holland Park in Burlington, if you want a cast iron plant, yes. tough to kill. <laughs> and remember, as well, this plant was has gained the Royal Horticultural Society's Award of Garden Merit. So really? That's, uh, yeah, in Pretty Britain. good. It, yeah. it is. It's a great plant. Like it's just. It's yeah. truly cast I'm iron. Still around now. That's good. Okay. Yvonne, thank, thank you very help. much for calling. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. And next time uh, you're doing a show, I'll be washing my dishes. Okay. <laughs> good stuff. See you <laughs> next Saturday. So All righty. Thanks for calling. Yvonne saves her dishes for yes, you know, for seven Saturday days, mornings. and then yeah. she's got all, the whole hour to do a week's worth exactly. of dishes every Saturday. Works. Oh, we have a caller in from Brampton right now. Really? Hello, Joan. Welcome to the show. To both of you, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Just got a little dry throat there. <laughs> uh, my question is about my tuberous begonias. I didn't do a very good job of storing them this year, and mm. they've turned rather mushy. So I need to get new ones. But mm. now that Garden Imports is closed I down, know. I don't know where to get them. Oh, yes, we all relied on Garden Im- Imports I for know. the best bulbs. And I always didn't we? get them sent by mail. Okay, because you are in Brampton. Mm-hmm. Well, in Brampton, let's think. Sheridan Nurseries for sure has tuberous begonias right now because I was in one of their stores and I saw them. Would they be the large variety, not the ordinary non-stops, you know? They oh, used no. to call them Pacific Giants. I don't know what they call them now. Mm, good question. There was They had a bunch of... Um, uh, pendula type, so the the trailing type. Oh yeah, uh, no, I just want the garden type. Yeah, the garden type. No, they had a good selection. There was about twelve different varieties that they had. I can't say that I, you know, sort of looked at them super closely, but um, yes, indeed, they did have a good selection at Sheridan's. So in Brampton, I'm just trying to think what Terra. There's a Terra greenhouses in Maple, but that's a bit of a drive for you. Um, no, do you have a mail order house? I don't drive. Oh, good point. I need uh, something by mail. I used to order from Crookshanks before. Yes, of course, mm-hmm. and they went out of business too. Right. All yes. right. Uh, is it Bex? Let me just think. Is Brex or Bex? Hold on. Let me just look this up for you, because they're they're a, a pretty big mail order, and I think they have bulbs. Mm-hmm. Bex seeds. Just getting time to plant okay. them. Yeah, Bex seeds. You got it. Hmm. Might just be seeds. 
Uh, okay, leave this with me. I will report back. Keep listening. Okay. <laughs> for, Alrighty. For, Thank for, you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye. And before we go to the next caller, Charlie, you shared with me a, a lovely letter you had from Eva Hamers in Batavia, New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had comments about, uh, about the show and so forth. And one of the comments was she appreciated very much that we gave the actual mailing address. Uh, and so for, for folks who don't have a uh, the computer. Urban Whoops. Hello there. Um, I want, uh, here's here's the, how to get a hold of Charlie. Yeah, you can always. We love yep. real mail. I mean, yeah. email's good, but and snail mail is wonderful. You can give the email address as sure. well. Okay, for for just the regular address, just write it to Charlie Dobbin. That's D O B B I N at AM seven forty Radio, seventy Jefferson Avenue, Toronto, M six K one Y four. Okay, that's. Uh, Charlie Dobbin, seventy uh, a- AM seven forty, seventy Jefferson Avenue, Toronto, M six K one Y four, and of course on the computer, easily reached. She is, you know, uh, by email at c dot dobbin at mzmedia dot com. Easy. There you go. Easy peasy. Okay. Thank you. Well, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Okay, I'm just, I was just looking to see if I can f- see tuberous begonia flower bulbs mail order Canada. So uh, it's going to get, I'm, I haven't got an answer yet. Okay. See, gar- Garden Import we'll, is we'll still there. On. See, we'll there's Garden on. Import and they went out yeah. of business. But, but you know what? I'm wondering, we should get Dougald. Dougald Cameron was the gentleman who owned. Um, I have a wonder if it still exists. It's just, oh, anyway, we'll find out. Okay, okay. She's talking to herself, I which am. is a bad sign. Oh, yes, okay. yes. My, yeah. my apologies. <laughs> All right. Joan in Brampton's waiting there saying, say hi to me, say hi to me. Okay, hi, Joan. We How talk, are you? We talked to Joan. She was one who's looking oh, she, for the balloons. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's Maureen. Maureen, Maureen in Scarborough. Hello. Good morning. Um, just for that other lady's... Um, Question. Mm-hmm. I order from, um, I'm not sure how to say it, Zessies? Oh, yeah. V- yeah. Vizies, I think it's V E S E Y S. Yeah. That would be a place maybe that she'd be able to find them. Okay. And do you think they have, uh, like, bulbs? Oh, they have bulbs. Oh, they do. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Thank you. All right. <laughs> okay. Because I ordered a whole bunch of bulbs last year gladiolas and tulips oh, and everything. Oh, good to so hear. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. Uh, my question is, and I know you talked about this with your specialist on orchids, and, and uh, you mentioned it, I think, last week, that the type of orchid that you get requires maybe, you know, sun from the east, you know, like there were certain places in your home that mm-hmm. you could put them. Yep. I bought two beautiful ones yesterday. I actually got them at Loblaws. Mm-hmm. There are so many blooms on mm. them. That's what attracted me. I know. Those impulsive purchases of beautiful yes. flowering yes. plants. But it did not give a name and it did not say what to do with them. There was nothing. Oh, that's an outrage. No <laughs> tag at all? Nothing? No tag at all. Oh, my gosh. All right. So likely what it is, like 99.9% sure what it is, it's commonly called a moth orchid, like a like a winged insect, a moth. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> the proper name is Phalaenopsis with a mm-hmm. P, P-H, Phalaenopsis. Uh, so best look, and that is the most commonly grown orchid for how, uh, to be grown as a houseplant. It's okay. reasonably, it's a pretty good plant. Like mm-hmm. most people can, can do a, a good job keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. You do not need a bright spot, which is one of the best things. That's where the kind of north window, east window, or indirect, you know, bright, indirect light is what the plant okay. needs. 
right. it loves humidity. Uh, all, all orchids love humidity. They are from the tropics and they are from humid rainforest kind of conditions. So that's mm-hmm. what you want to try and mimic in your home. Okay. However okay. you can get that humidity going is a good idea. So it could be a pebble tray from below, a tray full of pebbles. Orchid yeah. sits on top, water in, in the pebbles, evaporating at all times increasing the humidity around the plant. And the watering, there's kind of two schools of thought. Some people have very good luck with the three ice cubes once a week or two ice cubes once a week, and that's a slow melt, slow trickle of moisture into the bark or the moss that the orchid is growing into, is growing in, and that works for a lot of people. I don't like the idea of putting freezing ice cubes on my orchids. I'm just going to say, no. No, so I usually just do a pail of water <clears throat> at, room te- at room temperature that's been sitting out for at least 24 hours, and I just dunk the plants, the orchid plants, in under the water. Hold it under till all the air. All the air bubbles come out. So, yeah, sink the whole plant right under the water. Um, Not the flowers, of course, but it's fine to get the leaves wet. And and you just hold it there. It takes a few minutes. All the air bubbles escape. And then when you pull it out, drain for a couple of minutes in the sink and then back into its regular location. And I do that about once a week, once every 10 days, depending on sort of time of year and how big the plant is and how hot the house is. And and if it's flowering a lot, then you'll find that, you know, there's a lot of moisture being lost through all that surface area. So you'll be doing that probably at least once a week. Okay, thanks, Johnny. All right. Thank you Bye. very much for calling. Yeah, and yeah. joining us here on the Garden Show, AM seven forty. We're um, uh, going to take a little bit of break. Yeah, but you want to but add Maureen yes. has a really good point. VZs. So back to Joan okay. in Brampton, who should be listening. So VZs.com, V-E-S-E-Y-S, VZs.com, yes, indeed. They have free garden catalogs. They have, bu- they have bulbs, perennials. They have all kinds of things. So uh, assuming that uh, Joan, who said she doesn't drive, assuming she does have access to the internet, VZs.com. Wondering if- and you can order and they'll send stuff. That's you. right. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll want to look and see what they've got on their website. V-E-S-E-Y-S. All right. We're going to be taking a little trip to a place that you're quite familiar with, uh, having gone to school there, Guelph. Ah, uh, we've got a caller online. We'll have to take uh, in just a couple of moments. But we want to talk a little bit about Sierra Sill. And you know what we often don't plug is the fact that you can... Yeah, yeah we're doing exercise. Oh, there we are. Oh, stretching. Stretching. Oh, lovely. And it doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. Yeah, up, <laughs> down, up, down. That's oh. my first eyelid. And, <laughs> and that doesn't hurt either. No, Good no, no. You. But you know what the neat thing is? That if you go online to Sierra Sill, yes. uh, and, and you can read all sorts of testimonials mm. and mm. from people who all across Canada, in fact, uh, elsewhere too, I guess, because they do ship uh, around world worldwide. Yes, and, and um, they're based in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So Sierra Sill is a – it all started with this idea of these seeing actually in the wild, the animals kept – in the mountains kept going to this one spot and licking the rocks, kind of like a salt lick. Yeah. But it wasn't salt. And this got some people who noticed this interested in what the animals were licking. This is the Sierra Mountains. Right? That's yeah. right. And that's where this whole this – whole, idea came from to to actually harvest some of this rock and have it all analyzed and figured out and oh my gosh it really does it really makes a difference if you have creaky joints sore any soreness in your moving parts mm-hmm. sierra silk can really somehow magically alleviate that pain three pills i take it at night you take them in, in the, the morning, in the morning? Yeah. yeah and okay. um yeah so i was out there shoveling snow and not no wor- no worries no and pain. if it doesn't work you'll know within 14 days that's which right. is their guarantee yeah so so that's 
that's sort of where it all came, came from. And it is available in many health food stores. It's also available on the web, sierrasil.ca. Or you can give the, the lovely people a call, like I said, in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 And they are so great to deal with, yeah. too. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And here we are on a Saturday morning with Charlie just giggling away. We'll tell you, explain why we're giggling away when we get to the court. All right. Okay. Meantime, we've got to, we promised you a little conversation with Sylvia in Guelph. And you were going to give and, a phone oh, yeah, number. Oh, yeah. Quickly. I'm sorry. I, I Justin, our operator, who is uh, just a fabulous guy, he uh, got a call from a listener saying, hey, I've got a number for Vessi's bulbs, you know. Yeah. The, Joan from yeah. Brampton was looking for yeah. begonias. So, so we got a phone number for you, folks. So write this down. All righty. 1-800-644-5505. I'll repeat that for you. 1-800-644-5505 for Fessies. You can give them a call and find out what they got. And they do all kinds of mail order. Yeah, yeah. So, Here we uh, go. once again, Sylvia in Guelph. Yes. Hello there. Hi. Uh, hey. I, I love your show, and you give lots of good hints. Thank you. Um, I have a problem with a spike plant, or uh, I don't know if it's a spike plant, or it looks something like a palm tree, but it's growing right up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. The only thing is uh, two or three leaves will go yellow every other day, and oh. I touch them, and they fall off. And so there's a low... Lower leaves, right? The leaves um, at the bottom. Yes. And it's got long, narrow leaves. Yes. Right. So it's likely it's a Dracaena. We often refer to Dracaena marginata as a spike plant when it's small. Particularly, we use them in containers and out in the garden as a spike yeah. in, in the center of the plant. Yeah. So when lower leaves are turning yellow, so it's a plant you've had for a long time. Um, about two years. Oh, okay. Yeah, it came in a plant with all kinds of plants, but it survived. Mm, all right. I'm just wondering if I'm watering it too much or Probably. much sun or... No, it, it it does handle fairly low light, but it's perfectly happy in sun as well. Likely what you're doing is giving it too much water. How big of a pot is it in? Oh, it would be about a foot and a half high. The, oh, the the height of the pot is about a foot and a half, so it's probably about a ten yes. or ten inches around or twelve inches around. Yeah. And how tall is the plant? You said it's hit, it's up to the ceiling. Yeah, it's got three uh, layers of of leaves. Mm, cool. Growing very tall. I would be inclined in a case like that because it's a big pot and it's a big plant, so it's not like you can feel the weight of the pot, you know, by lifting it up. And that's one of the ways we can tell when plants need water. Uh, feeling the surface of the soil is just going to tell you the surface. It's not going to tell you what's going on a foot down. Right. I would be inclined to get a hold of something called a moisture meter. Okay. It's a probe, about a, it's about a foot long probe yeah. that you stick into the soil. It's got a little gizmo on the top that tells you wet and dry and in between. And it's it's wonderful for big plants and big pots where okay. we just don't know how much moisture is down there. Yeah. And I will tell you a dracaena of that size in that size pot shouldn't be watered probably more than once a month at the most. Wow. Oh, okay. I've been doing it once a week. Yeah. So right away I would... Slow down on the watering because that when dracaenas do turn yellow, it's typically because they're being overwatered. Okay. okay. Would a draft cause that? Like it's in a patio door on the south side. Uh, are you in and out of the door a lot? My, yeah, my dog likes to go out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, so, so how close to the door is it? 
very close. Oh, like right at the door? Yeah. Yeah, so with all the really cold weather we've been having, uh, I would be inclined to have it a little further away from the door. If you're opening the door quite consistently, it should be at least five or ten feet away from the door. Oh, okay. Okay, but spring is coming, so you're kind of, we were over the worst of the 30 below uh, uh, temperatures. Thank yeah, thank God. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so the, but when it's when you're sort of getting that kind of a chill, keep in mind it's going to use even less water. So, yeah, so slow yeah, right down on the I water. I had orchids on the same stand with them and I had to move them over to my kitchen table. They were getting sunburned, I think. Yes, yep. the south window would be too bright for the orchids, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you, Good. Sylvia. Thanks. All right. I appreciate your uh, help. Thank you very much and you have a great day. Thanks a lot. Thank you too. You, you too. What okay, a weekend. Okay. Hey, let's get out to King City. Lou is on the line. Hello, Lou. Good morning. Hello, Lou. Hello. Yeah, hello. Good there morning. Good morning. I have a... I enjoy your show very much. Thanks. I uh, I have a question. I'm a realist. Uh-huh. Bulbs. Yep. This year, I have two bulbs in the same pot, uh, which is, uh, I, I believe, it, uh, it's not a good idea. But a neighbor of mine had the three of them in the pot, and they were flowering. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time around, this year, one of them, or both of them, didn't flower. Is that because of the... Uh, the wrong size of pots. Um, so, did you plant two bulbs into the same pot? Yes, they've okay. been in the same pot for a few years. Oh, okay. Uh, amaryllis like to be very in a very small pot. Like they like to be what we would consider looks pot bound. Very little soil, um, and of course, the bulbs are a third of the bulb is sticking right up out of the soil as well. So having two in a pot, as long as when you planted them, they weren't touching. I wouldn't have them touching each other. Eventually they'll grow and they will touch. But when you first planted them, and I would have them in a fairly small pot. That's the the whole challenge with that. The lack of flowering is more likely... It's just one of those things. It's the luck of the draw. Some people are so good at this, at getting amaryllis to reflower, and some people not so good. I'm, I go into the not so good category. <laughs> um, my dad and my mom, on the other hand, they can't go wrong. Every amaryllis they've ever owned just keeps flowering. So I don't know what they do so smart. But anyway, they, there's flower like crazy. Main thing is it's growing green leaves. Let it grow green leaves. Let it be a green plant all spring, all summer. Stop watering at the end of the summer. Put it someplace dark and forget about it for a couple of months and then pull, pull the, the pot out about early December. So put it away September, October, November, bring it out in early December. And when it starts to grow, because you'll bring it out of the dark, you'll water, put it in some sunlight. When it starts to grow, it should sprout flowers at that point. But sometimes they don't. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with it, Lou. Okay. The, the, the bulbs are... Be, are not above the the, uh, the soil. Maybe that's another problem. The sorry, the the soil is what? The soil is at the same level as the bulb itself. It's not. You said one third above the soil. Yeah, a third of the bulb should be sticking up out of the soil. Oh, maybe that's another problem. Okay, but are there green leaves on the plant now? Yes. Okay. All green leaves. All right. So let it be. Just let it be a green plant for now. When it's time to put it away, you know, when I said to put it into the dark and stop watering, at that point you could do your re repotting, lift the bulbs up a bit, and then just put them away and don't water. 
Hope yes, thank you very much. Very good, Frank. I enjoyed your joke about uh, complete and finished. Oh yeah, <laughs> wasn't that I, a great story? I got a kick out of that. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Lou. Thank you Bye. very much, uh, Lou. Pardon me. I'm, I'm looking at my uh, sheet here with Bert's name on it from Mississauga. We will get to you, Bert, in just a moment. First time caller too. Okay. But we do have to take our final little uh, commercial break mm-hmm. on the show. We'll get that in, and uh, I mean there are fine sponsors. We want to make sure each and every one of you listen to what we have to say here about our, our sponsors, okay? And we'll return, Charlie and I, after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, with the uh, little bell, our Salvation Army bell, ready to ring for Bert in Mississauga. Welcome to the show, Bert. Thank you. Hi, Bert. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, love your show. Both Anne and I have listened to it for many years and Wonderful. really enjoy it. Great. My question, can I use wood ash uh, from regular uh, fire ash uh, on my composter? I'm talking uh, raw wood, not uh, wood from uh, that we've used uh, this is, uh, yeah, not the fake logs, but real lo- real this wood. This is logs, yeah, real logs. And yeah. Um, you, the source of the wood is fr- you buy the wood, bring it onto the property, and it's probably mm. a mix of hardwoods, or you know. No, I actually cut it down in my own yard, and oh. yes, it is a mixture. Oh, is it okay? <laughs> but over the years, uh, I've had to remove large trees as mm. they've uh, grown and uh, become uh, rotten, or one thing oh, okay. and another, and I've taken them out, and so it's all my own wood, okay. various types. But I have lots of it. All right. So the one, if you've had any walnut trees on your property and you've cut a walnut tree down, that's ash you would not want to use in the composter. Unfortunately, no. I don't have walnuts. I would love to have one. (laughs) Well, if you did, you probably wouldn't be burning it anyway. No, no, no. Making fine furniture from it or something. Exactly. Okay, so yes, you can use wood ash. The okay. the trick, though, is never never too much of any one thing. So, for example, if you, you have some ash on hand and you've got a composter that's got some room in it, I would sprinkle what would be the equivalent of about a quarter inch of ash across the entire surface of the composter today. Mm-hmm. But then I wouldn't add any more ash until at least a month or so has gone by because oh, too much of a, of a any one thing can really throw things out of whack. But wood ash is a very good source of potash. So, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Right. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Good idea. We, Go for it. We also keep it. Of course, we use it to keep the slugs off some of the plants. Good idea, yeah. We put a ring around it, but yep. uh, I didn't know about composter. Yep, yep. Thank you very much. Excellent. Sir. Thanks for your call. Well, now, you're always welcome, Bert. Yeah. That first-time caller can no longer be attributed to you. You're going to be a second-time <laughs> caller next time, okay? <laughs> okay, doke. Thanks right, a lot. Well, yeah. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. Thank okay. you for joining us. We've okay. got a few notes here. Oh, well, I have a question. Have you ever heard of parkour? Parkour? Okay, no. okay, so parkour, It's according to Wikipedia, it's a training discipline. You and I should be doing this. Training discipline using movement that was developed from military obstacle course training. Oh. So practitioners aim to get from A to B in the most efficient way possible. This is done using only the, the human body and the surroundings for, for propulsion with a focus on maintaining as much momentum as possible while still remaining safe. So practitioners of parkour, they'll, they'll bounce from thing to thing and up and 
and over. And you've you've oh. probably seen some YouTube videos. It's amazing. People, it's like kind of like Spider Man okay, that yeah. movement thing. I, I haven't heard the term though. Parkour. Oh, parkour. So I have a squirrel in my backyard that is a parkour practitioner, <laughs> and this particular yeah. squirrel has devised a way to get up onto my bird feeding station mm-hmm. by bouncing and ricocheting yeah. off of tomato cages. Because I have tomato cages I left in the ground for the birds to perch on, but the squirrel has figured out ways to, to use those tomato cages to fly through the air and, you know, end amazing? up six yeah. feet above the ground. So guess what I did? What did you do? I went out there yesterday with my Vaseline and I smeared Vaseline oh, oh, all over devil. the tomato cages. I'm just waiting for that squirrel to come back. It is going to be so funny. <laughs> Have a camera ready. I know. Take it's a gonna video. Go for the bounce and yeah. instead go for the twirl, right? <laughs> that is terrific. All right, and tomorrow's International Women's Day. So, yes. Uh, what are we doing in celebration? Uh, well, um, I think I'll buy you breakfast this morning. Oh, excellent. There right. you go. That's a All great right. idea. And you, you, me, and, and your special woman as yes. well. So there's International Women's Day being celebrated by us early. And don't forget, uh, today, tonight, yep. we lose an hour. Oh, that's right. Clocks two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it stays well, when you go to bed. Stays two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. For two hours instead Jump of one ahead. hour. <laughs> yeah, we spring forward and that's fall right. back. So this is our twenty-three hour day, which you know, I'm, yeah. I really like that when we lose no. an hour. And I always find it tough gaining that hour back. You yeah, know, it's uh, you're still groggy. Uh, exactly. You know? Of course, so, I'm I'm groggy yeah. most of the time. Anyway, so it goes. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, right. Good to see David Reidinger back. Yes, yeah. indeed. David, in, Alan, they're revving the engines there in the next yeah. next room over there. I just want to thank Justin. Did a fine Super job. Super job, Justin. Super job. Thank you, Justin. And thanks to all our great callers. Couldn't Absolutely. do the show without the great callers. And thank you, Franklin. You've been a wonderful sous chef well, as Thank usual. you, Charlie, darling. So, um, and you're back on air in a little while, I guess? Yeah, 2 o'clock. Okay. I'll be back. You'll be back? Yeah. Lots of good stuff. After good breakfast. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you have a good show. Okay. Right. Thank you. See you all again next week. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations, including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.